Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Christopher Mad Dog Russo live in 15 minutes on the Goodyear Hotline. But hold everything. Hold everything. Bubba, stop the music. Stop everything. We have to have a conversation about what just happened. I want everyone to hear what just happened, okay? I'm working miracles up here, folks, okay? I want you to hear what it is I'm dealing with. So I am hand, I'm sent a rundown every single day by Bubba. Bubba sends me a rundown, and it has the list of all the commercial reads I have to do for the day and any number of other things on it. And I'm looking at it, and I see that it says, it puts the date on there, and it says Wednesday, August 31st, 2021. And my first thought was, I, I don't think that's right. I think today is September 1st, but I, I was on the air while I was looking at it, so I didn't have time to think about it. And I wasn't going to mention what day of the month it was anyway, so I just kept going. And then in this past commercial break, just about a minute ago, real time, I remembered it. And I said to Bubba, Bubba, does this thing say Wednesday, August 31st? And he said, yeah. And I said, is that right? And he said, no, it's not. But then here's where it gets worse. I asked him about that, and he said, and I quote, well, it's because I did it last night. I put it together last night, and so it was August 31st then. So I guess my question to you, Bubba, was... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying as though that... I, I'm saying that's what today's date is. No, no. I, I, I know what the date is now. Um, <laughs> despite your best efforts, I'm aware of what day it is. My point is, what made you put August... Just explain to me why you think this mistake was made. No, because I had a doctor's appointment this morning before... like it, The first possible appointment this morning. So okay. I had to get all the stuff done before... I went to the doctor's, so I did the rundown last night right. and then sent it early in the morning right. and then went to the doctor's and came here and got here like 10 minutes before the show. I did the rundown. I've done like 700 of these rundowns dating back to like Mike and Mike and sure. all the other shows. The, you know, the habit is always whatever, you know, whatever the day you're doing the rundown, you just put up there, you, you change it, you know, put the date up there. So I was doing it last night and I just... <laughs> So what you're saying? Habit is, I just I looked at the calendar. Oh, it's. <laughs> I, I knew I was updating Wednesday's rundown. <laughs> Here's the problem. See, I'm losing you in the logic because you no, updated still, the Wednesday. Well, I was today still, is actually Wednesday. No, it's just not August. Because I was updating the Wednesday rundown, right. and then I looked down at the date, and I'm okay. Yep, it's the 31st, and then I just update that, and then I will go about my business. Right. I'm just moving quick here, updating rundowns again. Right. I've done like 700 of these rundowns, uh-huh. and it's just moving quick here. Here's the thing. I don't think you're making the point you think you're making. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm just, there's no point. It's just what happened. I mean, I'm not. No, I get what happened. I'm not trying to make a point. I'm just explaining what happened. Right. I, I think we all understand that. But I think. I don't think it, you understand. It might seem normal that if you were, that you would either update part of the date or none of the date. I could have better understood this if you would not change the Tuesday to a Wednesday. But you actually took the, the step of changing Tuesday to Wednesday, but not then realizing, 
I should consider changing the day of the month as well. No, That's I'm, the part I'm losing. I understand how people would come to that conclusion, but <laughs> if, if you look at your laptop right now, yeah. again, what I always do is I go to the previous week's date rundown because they're generally going to be the same. We do the same reads every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I, I immediately go to last Wednesday's rundown. Uh-huh. I take that. So it's always going to say Wednesday. So I, I'm using last week's Wednesday's rundown. So that's already going to say Wednesday. Take it over to Wednesday. Now, when you look down at your laptop, bottom right corner, what does it say? It just says 9 It doesn't say the date. So I'm not looking Wait, at what part of nine one twenty one is not the date when you I say mean, the, it doesn't the, say the, the, the date. Like the, the day of the week, I should, yeah. That's oh, what I, I mean. see, I see. So I'm I already have the day the day of the week rundown. Uh-huh. I just look and then again I'm just updating. All right, what day is it? Okay, yep, it's August thirty first. Uh-huh. Got it. Put yeah. that on there. Move down. Okay, what are the reads? Got it. Dr. Pepper, Progressive, Samsung, got uh-huh. it. Yep. Jim Kelly, cool, Russo. <laughs> Move on and uh, send it out. We're in business. So okay. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't. I mean, I don't know what else. No, I'm glad that it does to you. Um, and 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 in one way or another, I just found this. I found this a, a, a fascinating dissection of the way this job is done. And, and I've told many people many times, Bubba was a very accomplished, is a very accomplished person. He's had great success in a variety of fields before choosing to follow his true passion, which is in radio production. But, uh, you know, Bubba, obviously one of those um, was not in the in the area of calendar making. Because it seems to me that would not necessarily be the making of a calendar might not be something that would fall within your primary skill set. Yeah, the Mets uh, swept the Marlins. Let's just focus <laughs> that, on Well, that. that's Bubba's defense right there. The Mets played two games on April the 11th. It counted for yet. Like, I know. Uh, that's the whole thing, the too. It's, that's it's right. A, it's not a four-game winning streak. It's actually a three, so the the, the other game doesn't count. That's so, probably I mean, what it is. That's the whole other thing, yeah. It's, that's, I, it should I just count with that. I think the completion of the game from April is what threw him off. I agree. Like, at, at, there were probably moments in the day yesterday he thought it was April 11th <laughs> because that's when that game was started. Javi Baez in his game log, by the way. And that could have thrown him off. Has two April 11th games, one for for each team. Uh, so, uh, that's another fascinating little dynamic and all. Yeah, one, one of the way few or people to ever have a RBI in the same day, technically. How about that? Uh, download the Overheard podcast for curiously delightful conversations overheard around National Geographic's headquarters, presented by the City Advantage Platinum Select Guard, the card built for your next adventure. Meanwhile, let me get to the really important business here. I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Teddy Bruschi said something that genuinely floored me today. So the very ending, literally the last two minutes of Get Up on ESPN television this morning, we put up the odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Mac Jones, after being named the starter, became the second favorite for that. Trevor Lawrence is the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and then Mac Jones is next now. And so we asked each of the panelists to head on today who is your pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year? So it started with Dan Orlovsky, and he said, I think Mac Jones is going to win Rookie of the Year. It didn't surprise me. Jeff Darlington said he thought Najee Harris of Pittsburgh would win Offensive Rookie of the Year. It didn't particularly surprise me. Mike Tannenbaum chimed in as well, thinking Mac Jones was going to win. And we saved Teddy Bruschi for last, the Patriot legend. So I'm convinced he's going to say Mac Jones 
And instead, he said this. I just like what I see and I'm like what I'm seeing from that kid in New York, the New York Jets rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Now, I mean, defensively, okay. <laughs> how, we, how we look, oh, yeah, yeah, how we look at, at uh, rookie quarterbacks is, you know, there's, there's athletic ability, there's accuracy, all of that stuff. I mean, Zach Wilson possesses a lot of that, but is he decisive in what he does? And then how does he do it once he makes that decision? This kid is decisive. Yeah. He, seem, he seems like he knows what he's doing. He goes out there, and he's got a little flair. There's just something about this kid. And I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Wilson, my choice for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So uh, uh, my only reaction to that is Teddy Bruschi spending those 38 seconds projecting Zach Wilson to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year constitutes the best thing that has happened to the Jets in a decade. That, that literally is the best 38 seconds we've had in a decade. you got to go back to losing the AFC Championship game against Pittsburgh for the last time we had a day as good as one in, obviously the loss wasn't good, but, I mean, we were in the AFC Championship game. From that moment till now, Teddy Bruschi thinking this is the best thing that has happened. And I can tell you, he didn't just do that for my benefit. He didn't do it to be funny. He believes it. He loves the kid. I love the kid. If you listen to the show back in March and January and whenever it was that these decisions were getting made, you know that I believed the Jets should have given Sam Darnold another chance. But that's water under the bridge, well under the bridge. That water is so far under the bridge, it's like in a different, it went from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean, it's so far. Not that there are bridges on the oceans, but you know what I'm saying. Great analogy. Just work with me here. I I don't even know what day it is. (laughs) So the point is that, now we got to love him. And the little bits of it that we've seen so far, we love. And so I will say it again. I, I'm stating this for the record, and I only have a few days to get him down to the DMV because we're taking Stevie to college in a week and a half. <laughs> but I am legally changing my son Steven's name to Zach, and I'm changing my daughter Nikki's name to Wilson. Is this the first time I've done this? No, I've not. No, I've not. Once upon a time, we try. I actually wanted to name my son Chad. When, when Stephen was born, I said to Stace, I would like to name him Chadwick Lavernia Santana Greenberg. He's now named Stephen. <laughs> so you see how much clout my desires carry. But one way or another, this is now the time. I know that one time, you know, we tried to name him Revis and we tried to name him Sam Darnold and we've had our moments. But this is it. Teddy Bruschi sees it. This is the beginning of a new era. It starts on this day, Wednesday, August 31st, 2021. At least that's what Dave Bubba thinks it is. This is the beginning of a new era of New York Jets football. Hey, I want to mention, if you haven't heard already, I'm here to tell you the new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G is life-changing. It's ultra-compact, but it makes a big statement with bold colors and hands-free videos. Get your new Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G today at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier, Chris Russo, next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And all my guests like this one join me on the Goodyear hotline when all of this mess happened at the beginning of this week with the New York Mets and their star Javier Baez and all the conversation that ensued. We got together as a staff and said, who's the one person whose opinion we most want on this subject? And that is Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who you know from MLB Network and you know from Sirius XM and is delightfully joining us here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Chris Russo. Uh, Michael, good morning. How are you today, pal? Okay? <laughs> I am great. It is always a delight to hear your voice, and I just want to give you the floor. It's, it's a weird week, and we opened the show this morning by saying that what makes sports so fantastic is that if you took yesterday and you tried to sell it as a script in Hollywood, they would laugh you out the door because it's so completely improbable, the turn that this whole story with Baez took yesterday with the makeup game and I mean, literally everything that happened. But that said, I just want to give you the floor. What, what is your take as a lifelong lover of the sport and opiner on all the things that we have seen happen with that? Well, number one, I think the Mets will play a little better now. Uh, you're right. That five-run ninth inning, uh, which they, you know, got a little hope with Nottingly. You can't have a follow there in left field. Put Brinson out there defensively. But I think the idea that the Mets won now four in a row, they have another game against the Marlins tomorrow who are awful. I mean, I have seen two Marlins games in the stadium. I went to a game in Baltimore in late June, uh, late July. Don't ask me why. 370 pitches, awful. And then I went to the game last night, the second game. You and I could be in that lineup. I mean, they are so bad offensively. But anyway, they, the Mets should win tomorrow. They have five games against the Nationals who can't get out of their own, who can't get out of their own way. And then they go to Miami for three more games. So the Mets have a chance here to win a lot of games in a row uh, against these two horrendous teams. And then I think we'll have to determine what this means in a big picture. I do think the Mets will play better here. I think they hit the abyss with what happened during the week, and they will play better. Baez is out. He will not be on a team next year. You can Barring, you know, a double in Game 7 of the World Series that wins the title, I mean, something crazy. I mean, he will not be on the Mets next year. Um, I'd be shocked if they brought him back. I know the owner was, a, 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 contrary to his, you know, basically polite tw- tweets, couldn't have been happy with the way he handled that. Uh, so forget Baez. You know, Baez is a weird player. Uh, he's dangerous. He hits the ball nine miles when he gets a hold of it. You know, he's very good defensively, but he is a streaky offensive player. He gives you a lousy at-bat as much as he gives you a good at-bat. So, you know, Baez is what he is. The issue that I'd have, Mike, is, is Lindor. Uh, you know, the fact that Lindor wanted Baez on a team is strange. The fact that they came up with this premeditated back in August the 6th in Philly when the thumbs down started, that is strange, too. And Lindor has been awful. I mean, I, there's no other way around it. I personally think that he never wanted to come to New York. I think he wanted out of Cleveland because they couldn't pay him. But he didn't want to come to New York. Maybe Dodgers. 
you know, maybe Giants, anywhere but New York, but he had no choice. He got traded there. And who else was going to offer him $341 million during a pandemic with labor issues on the horizon in December? So he had to take it. They gave more than Tatis. But I didn't like what he did earlier in the year with that dopey thing with the rat, him and McNeil fighting in the uh, hallway there at the dug- in the dugout and saying, well, you know, we were talking about the size of a rat. That was asinine. Uh, this was bad. I mean, you know, the fact that not one Met player said, guys, 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 what are you, crazy? We have enough trouble drawing fans as it is. Well, what are we doing with the thumbs down nonsense? I mean, the fact that he didn't pick up on that, that no other Met player picked up on that. And let's face it, he, Mike, he's been awful. He's hitting 220 with 36 RBIs. I mean, my God, he's been – and this is on the heels of a bad 2020, albeit 60 games. So I would be most concerned about him, myself. You know, Pilar is Pilar. You know, he's a. He, I give him credit for taking the ball in his face, and you know, he's a. You know, he's a. He's a useful player on a pretty good team. He, players like him, but you know, Pilar has been around for nine million years. There's a reason why he bounces around. He's not that good. So forget him. This is really to me about Lindor. Uh, you know, and the fact that the Mets have him for ten years, you're not going to get rid of him. Uh, Baez is out. Pilar will find another team down the road. Uh, but it's really, to me, about Lindor. And then that's just, it's, it's a mind-boggling to me, Mike, in this day and age, and you've been around as long as I have, it, it is mind-boggling to me how soft we have become with these athletes. What, they can't handle a little booing? Geez, you know the way fans are. They're fickle. One day they boo you, and next day they love you. They want you to do curtain calls. I mean, you know, Roger Maris got booed. Mano got booed. Jeter got booed. Jeter got booed, and he said, you know what, I'm hitting 197. I deserve it. I mean, when does an athlete say, you know what, we deserve to be good. We stink. We deserve to get booed. I, I am, it's incredible how soft. I got to get out of the business. I'm too old. It, 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 it's incredible how soft some of our athletes have become. They don't want to take any criticism. They want to take the $40 million, but they want to take no criticism whatsoever. It's a major problem. It's in, in sports today. It's a major problem. Well, I agree. And don't you ever consider getting out of the business. Greeny presented well, by – Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. Figure I understand speech. that. And but, by the way – yeah. The city of Chicago is all over me right now. I mean, in my little world, uh, is all over me right now because I said that, you know, the Chicago fan would never boo Baez. There's not enough, you know, they don't care enough. I didn't quite mean it that way, so let me quickly set the record straight. Mm-hmm. Baez, the, the Cub fan and the Chicago fan, it's a different mindset. They care about their teams, but they emote differently. The New York fan, you've been here forever. You know this. They like to emote, I mean, negatively and positively. Does the booing get out of hand sometimes, and is it stupid? Absolutely. But, you know, that's the way the Mets fan that they live. They, you know, they, their emotions are on their sleeve. The Midwesterner is a different kind of fan. So a guy like Baez and Lindor, when they go through their struggles in, you know, the middle of the country, it's a different reaction. When you go through those kind of struggles and you're getting paid a fortune, and you go through them in Philadelphia, Boston, New York, you know this better than anybody. The fans are going to let you hear about it. It's as simple as that. There you got to deal with it. There, yeah, there's a different mentality. There's also, to some degree, I think those guys in Chicago were made men. I mean, they, they, they broke a 108-year curse. So I, I think that, that they Good could point. do no wrong. Good guys point. like uh, yeah, Rizzo and, and, and Bryant and all those guys who broke it. But I want to ask you a more important question. Chris Russo with me, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com because you sort of tiptoed up to this when you talked about how the, the difference in mentality of the players today versus, you know, the, your long and legendary career. I can't tell you, Chris, because you know where I work and you know who I'm around every single day. 
practically every former player that I have talked to about this supported Baez. They all were on that side. They, none of them thought that – maybe they thought that it was a mistake to do what he did, but none of them were offended by it. They all supported not, – not, not universally, but pretty close to all – supported the players in that. So what is – when you hear that, what is your reaction to that? Uh, shocking. Uh, you know, that, to me, that's a player who doesn't get it. Uh, when you buy a ticket to a ball game and you pay a fortune – Mets have the third highest paid ticket in the league – you park your car, it's 25 bucks. We don't have to go through the process. You take a family of three or a family of four to a ball game, you're walking out of there with four or five hundred dollars. You mean to tell me that you can't voice your displeasure? That's what I mean by the soft athlete. I mean, I don't get it. It's not the end of the world. Geez, we all get booed. If Jeter says, I can get by, boo me too. I said it in 1997. That's Derek Jeter. I mean, no better athlete than Jeter. You think Jordan would have a problem if he was booed? He wouldn't care less. And Jordan would go out there and he'd score 60 on you. You want to boo me? Fine, go boo me. I'll show you. I mean, that's, that's what I like to see in my athletes. And I am very, I agree, Mike. I find it very, I find it shocking the, the, the athletes today and the media. There are certain media people there, too. You know, uh, a couple of Chicago folks said, good job, power for hobby, bias, power for hobby, bias. It's, it's 207. I mean, he's done nothing for the Mets. Occasionally, he gets the ball 450 feet. He hadn't done a whole heck of a lot. We're going to support, and Baez is going to sit there, and he did it premeditated because he started the book at six. He's going to sit there. Uh, he, he doesn't know anything about New York. He's going to sit there and start telling New York City that you can't uh, you know, voice your displeasure. Oh, come on. Give me a break. I mean, but I am, I'm floored by the uh, media. I'm, you're right. The guys that you work with, you're right. That, you know, again, it's a, it's, uh, I'm learning that is a much different mindset and a different appraisal feel. Boy, when I started this in the early 80s, there's no way anybody, you think Bird would care if they booed him in Boston? I mean, they booed DiMaggio. I mean, come on. I, I, fans are fans. Let them be fans. Would you rather have that? Here's the question I have for any athlete who says this is stupid. Uh, this is crazy. Would you rather have empty stadiums? Would you, have no, would you rather have no fans there? Would you rather would you rather play in Arizona where there's five thousand every night and they could care less? I mean, apathy's worse than being booed. Mm. Would you rather have passion or would you rather have apathy? Passion is what it's about in sports. It brings up emotion. It keeps people thinking. It moves it moves the needle. Yes, at times the booing can be stupid, but it's it's, it's fans. They don't take it too seriously. And you and when and when they love you and when they want to praise you, you, you soak it all in. But I am stunned that there's anybody supporting a player who goes out there and for a month with his teammates basically throws the middle finger to a, to a Met fan base that has been there since 1962, that has supported that team, and this is a big National League town, that has supported that team to the tune of about two and a half million fans a year. And they have, and remember, let's not make the ownership great. Wilpon's owned a team for 39 years. And made the playoffs six times. That's it. Six. Yet the fans kept on coming back. And, you know, you get in the city field with the traffic and the nonsense and the prices you got to put up with, and then we're going to have some guy at second base basically stick his finger at the fans? Ah, you got to be – I mean, I, I, I'm floored that anybody would think that's decent behavior. I'm floored. Now, listen, is it the end of the world? No. Will they go out there and cheer Baez? You're right. Great slide at the plate yesterday. Bottom of the ninth. He scored all the way from first. Yeah, fans forget. There's no question about it. Fans forget. But I think, uh, you know, barring a double up the gap 
against Jansen or against, uh, you know, somebody from the Tampa bullpen to win a championship, I would be shocked if he's on a ball club next year. Shocked. I love doing this. I'm, I'm out of time. Chris, it is a pleasure as always. Be well. Best of the family, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. Keep it up. Mike Greenberg, we love you. Thanks, pal. Right. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Chris Mad Dog Russo. I didn't know he had made the city of Chicago my adopted hometown. I didn't know he'd made them mad. All right, there's a lot there I want to react to, and I will in just a moment. Let me break on that thought. It's Greeny coming to you live from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, back with a lot of thoughts on all of that in a moment. ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. It's been a really busy uh, morning, and I'm delighted that you're here. I want to mention you can look like a million bucks with Dollar Shave Club. Upgrade to a DSC six-blade razor. Get an extra close shave thanks to their six precision cut stainless, stainless steel blades. Find your perfect shave wherever you shop, in-store and online at dollarshaveclub.com. That's dollarshaveclub.com. I also want to mention, and this is really important, thousands have been affected by Hurricane Ida. And they urgently need your support. You can donate at redcross.org slash ESPN to help the Red Cross respond to and help people recover from this disaster. And as I said on TV this morning, all of our thoughts are with our friends in New Orleans and all the surrounding areas. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, and I was actually going to tell a story about that a, a little bit earlier. But Chris Russo took us in an entirely different direction. And I think we should react to a few of the things that he said. Now, first of all, our show is, is, does very, very well in Chicago. I have all kinds of Chicago roots, if you're relatively new to me. I lived in Chicago for 11 years. I went to college there. I met and married my wife there. So I, I consider that my second home. I'm born and raised in New York, but I lived there for a long time and started in the business there. So I think I have as good an understanding of the mentality of the New York sports fan relative to the Chicago sports fan as anyone you could hear. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who would understand that better than I would. And so here's what I will tell you. There is unquestionably a difference in the mentality. It just is. I was an original member of the first all-sports radio station in Chicago in January of 1992, just a short time after uh, Chris Russo and Mike, uh, Mike Francesa launched. And I can tell you, if you listen to the two stations, they're very different. Just the tenor of the calls, the way people view it, it's different. One isn't better than the other in the same way that like New York-style hot dogs and Chicago-style hot dogs are completely different from each other. One isn't better. You may like one better than the other, but neither is intrinsically better. 
And if you're ever wondering to yourself, are people in New York and people in Chicago, oh, they can't be so different. Well, walk down the street in both cities and then tell me they're not so different. People are just different. Not everyone, there's no universality to this stuff, but I can tell you that there are enormous differences in the mentality in the city of New York versus the city of Chicago that go well beyond sports. And again, neither one of them is right or wrong, better or worse. I'm glad that Chris cleared up, and I didn't know he had said it, but Chris, apparently the Chicago sports fans thought he was saying that the fans in Chicago don't care. Nothing could be further from the truth, and I'm glad he cleared up that that's not what he meant. I think in the particular case of these players, Javi Baez, and I pointed this out for a couple of weeks now since they broke up that team that won the World Series, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, that group of guys, they were never going to be able to do anything wrong in Chicago because why would you not love them? They brought the fans in Chicago something they hadn't seen in over a century, and they were all homegrown. So they were going to be loved forever no matter what they did. That's a unique circumstance. I worked in Chicago when Dave Wanstead was the coach of the Bears. Ask him how much fun it was. Ask him how positive everybody was. When Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback of the Bears through some terrible Cubs seasons and any number of other things. They do plenty of booing. They, they, the, different, the biggest difference I can think of is, in Chicago, the, the, the mentality of the sports fan, as I have always experienced it, is once you're one of us, you're one of us. We love you. And they will defend their athletes against any and all intrusion. New York doesn't do that. As, as Chris just said, and I've lived through it all, I mean, the fans in New York booed Jeter when he had a bad stretch, and they booed, they booed the most beloved and best players ever. There's just a difference in the mentality. In Chicago, once they love you, they will pretty much love you forever. That's our guys. You, 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 only we, what is the Animal House line? You can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. They, they take you in, and you become one of them. And it's just a little difference in the mentality there. Maybe New York is a little more transient in general by nature. So, again, do I think there is a difference in the mentality of the sports fans, generally speaking, in New York and in Chicago? Yeah, there is, because there's just a a difference in the mentality of the two cities. Neither one is better or worse. Neither one is right or wrong. They're just which style of pizza you like better, deep dish or a slice that you fold and walk down the street eating. So that's that piece of it. That's the easy part. The much more interesting part of this today is this idea that the players are so offended in this day and age by booing, by the voicing of negativity on the part of the fans. And and I will continue to say, I think social media plays a role in that. I think they consider, they think of the booing in the stadium as sort of an extension of some of the really grotesque negativity that they get on social media sometimes. That, I think, has impacted the mentality of a lot of people, particularly younger people who live in that every single day and for whom I think it is more important than it is, maybe for someone my age. But the one thing I need to push back on is I've actually heard people say, well, how would you like it if someone came to your job and booed you when you had a bad day? And here's what I'd say. Obviously, I wouldn't like that. No one would like it. But it's not just booing that no one does at your place of work. When you have a really good day at your place of work, are you cheered loudly and endlessly? Are you idolized and adored and asked for autographs? All the elements of adoration that come with doing your job well? You have a public job, extremely public, way more public than mine, and I live in this world every single day. I know I'm not out there trying to hit a a, a baseball, but I got a pretty public job. I sit up here, and you're judging me every single day. I'm judged every single day for the job I do. Good show today, bad show today. That's just part of life. 
And what I remember, if you're going to work in this line of business, and here's what I will always go back to. I remember Jerry Seinfeld, at the height of the popularity of his sitcom, I remember he had, it was dating someone. I don't remember who it was. It doesn't make any difference. But the tabloids were all over him. Back at a time before there was TMZ and stuff. This was when this was all just quote-unquote legitimate media. And they were following him everywhere and chasing him everywhere and taking pictures. And unlike many other major celebrities, he smiled and laughed through most of that. And I remember he was asked in an interview... Why is it that you don't seem to be as bothered by this attention as many others? And he said, the way I look at it, this is kind of the totality of what I've chosen, which is to say, I was a struggling stand-up comic for a long time, traveling around the country, playing in these little small, you know, places for very little money. And my dream was that I would have a TV show and I'd become a big star. This is what comes with being a big star. So you have to accept that. You can't just choose the parts of your career or your life that you want. You have to accept them in their totality. So whenever anyone, and again, I'm not in any way trying to equate myself to these people because I'm not playing baseball in a stadium filled with tens of thousands of people, and I'm not anywhere near as famous as Jerry Seinfeld is. But I still do have people come over to me and say stuff in the street and whatever it is. And every now and again, someone will ask me, does that bother you? And I'll always say, you know what? I remember when I was the only one who knew I had a show. I remember when Mike and I started, and our show wasn't even broadcast in the market in which we lived, so the people we worked for couldn't hear us if they wanted to. This is way the hell better than that. So you have to accept it in its totality. And through the good and the bad of it, and I've had much more good than bad, but there have been some pretty lousy days. You still just have to remember through all of the criticism and whatever else comes that this is the business you have chosen, to quote a great movie. This is the totality of it. You want to be a baseball player? You want people to care about how you're doing. You know who no one boos? The guy who never gets off the bench. No one pays any attention to that guy. Guy who pinch runs in the seventh inning, and then they take him out. No one boos that guy. Because no one really cares that much about what he does. You want people to care about you. You want them to be invested in you. You want them to invest much more than just their money. But to invest themselves in you, then you have to take the bad with the good. And that's the part of it that I think sometimes we are losing. And that's going to create problems. um, Because there is nothing, nothing intrinsically wrong with fans attending a sporting event and expressing their displeasure when their players play badly. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course there are lines that should not be crossed. Of course there are things that should not be uttered, things that should never be said, lines that should not be crossed. Anything that jeopardizes the health and safety of anyone on the field or anyone in the stands for that matter, it should go without saying, and I hope it does. No one is condoning that. But the idea that fans should not be allowed to boo when you're playing bad... To me, you're just missing the point. Maybe the world has changed so much that we just can't handle that anymore. But that strikes me as very confusing. So let me get your thought on all that, Hembo, as sort of a lifelong dyed-in-the-wool sports fan. What do you think of all the things I just said? Well, I'm from Philadelphia, so like booing has... The, the, the players that have gotten it, it's a form of flattery because they care so much. If they're there and they're going to boo, they're also there and they're going to cheer. And then when they're not there, they're probably going to watch from home. 
So the, the notion that fans should not boo, like, which has come up this week, to me is almost outside the Overton window. I mean, Bob Bucher does this like legendary stand-up routine. He played in Philadelphia for a couple of years with the Phillies, in which he describes a scene where a fan like falls over you know, the ledge at Connie Mack Stadium, over the guardrail, and, and that fan was booed because he survived. That's where I come from. Like, that's, my, that's, that's my fandom. So all this was very confusing to me this week. I liked your perspective on the difference between New York and Chicago, and it's apt. I've not spent much time in Chicago. I've obviously spent a lot of time here. But from, from my time as a sports fan in Philadelphia, it's been a curious week because to me, booing and cheering are one and the same. If you're showing passion, it means you're there and it means you care. Right. How about you, Bubba? As a Met fan yourself, who yesterday, maybe the best example of, of this is that Bubba, a Met fan, yesterday on this show chose spontaneous death over dinner with Javi Baez. And then right after this play took place yesterday, Bubba sent a note to our show text group that wrote, and I quote, sushi for everyone. Where is it? Where where did you write that? I'm trying to find it here. You wrote, didn't you write sushi for everyone? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. So that's what it's about. Exactly. Yeah. I I think to your point, I think the part of, because everyone does always bring up, oh, no one's going to want the booze at your job. But, yeah, I think your other point is is a great point. Yeah, but at your job, no one also is going to give you all the great parts. And the great parts is what exactly was what happened yesterday. Earlier in the day, everyone hated Baez, but that's what happens when you're a fan. There's the bad, but when you do great in these markets and when you're a sports fan, it goes the other way quickly, and we're going to love you. And now Baez and the Mets, we're, we're riding high with them, and they're going to get ovations and we're going to be you know, packing the house and be loving them and going nuts. So that's, I mean, that's the positive of being a fan and the, what the athletes are going to feel from us. So I think all the stuff you said made perfect sense to me. Let's put it this way. I'm not suggesting that being a star athlete doesn't come with its downsides. Of course oh, sure. it does. sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, boy, it comes with big upsides. Like, how many people wouldn't trade places, professionally speaking, with a professional baseball player, a professional athlete of any kind? So, I mean, if you got to take the bad with the good, that's just life. But in this case, the good generally and genuinely outweighs it. At a poll question up today on my Twitter page at ESPN Greeny, brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. We, we asked which team should sign Cam Newton, and all the fans want to see him go to Dallas. All the fans want to see him go back up Dak at the Dallas Cowboys. I myself don't see it happening. I I. I think that Cam Newton's next chance to play will be as a a team that gets an injury and needs him as a starter. I do not think anyone brings him in Mm. as a backup. One more piece of business for today, and this is from DraftKings. Football season is around the corner, and there's no better place to get in on the action than DraftKings, which is the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. The season is approaching. DraftKings is your one-stop shop to make it rain all season long. To bring you even closer, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at a million dollars During week one, you pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, you see how your team stacks up. It's fun, it's exciting, and you can win a bunch of money. I do it every week. So here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use my name, Greeny, as the code for a limited time. New players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. Again, enter Greeny to get a free shot, millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code Greeny, only at DraftKings. 
the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hambo, you survived the show. I'm relieved. Indeed. I mean, I, I have like a little food coma situation coming upon me, but it was worth it. I'm going to go have a salad with chicken on it. Oh, and God. we. <laughs> that's actually I'm what I'm having and lunch. And, and, and maybe a PB&J later because I want to extend my life. <laughs> See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.